Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yo, yo, welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And a shorthanded Lakers team lost 114-104 to to the Phoenix Suns on Tuesday night at Staples Center. And I say shorthanded because not only was Anthony Davis out, but so too were Marcus Gasol and Kyle Kuzma. Both guys were late scratches before the game. Uh, Mark a few hours before the game due to health and safety protocols and Kyle Kuzma uh, right before the game. I believe it was about 15 minutes or so uh, before tip-off that he was ruled out with a right heel contusion. So a shorthanded Lakers team and and you know specifically shorthanded in the front court, right? Because that's the, the starting center and power forward and a key forward off the bench. I mean, arguably the Lakers sixth man uh that's what lebron james implied uh, after the game when he said that they were missing three of their top six rotation guys so uh, there's a lot of open front court minutes and tell me the part that sounds weird here so the, the starting five was trez uh, markeith morris lebron james kcp dennis so uh you know three of the normal five and, and then keith who's now been starting for ad and Trez replaced Mark. Uh, So Keefe, 34 minutes. That's a lot of minutes, but again, a lot of available minutes. LeBron, 38 minutes. That's probably too many. And then Trez at 19 minutes. And I'm going to get into Trez in in a few minutes, but this has been a trend without Anthony Davis. Uh, Montrez Harrell is averaging almost five minutes uh, per game fewer without AD over this recent stretch. Then when AD was playing, uh, you know, up through that Denver game, he was averaging 24.8 minutes a night, you know, basically 25. And since then, since AD went down, he's at 20.3 minutes per game. So that that is a, uh, or maybe maybe 20.4. Uh, that that is a a 4.4 minute gap, and it's a little counterintuitive, right? Because you'd figure that with AD out of the lineup, you need more offense. You need, you know, that's where a scoring big like Trez would be even more valuable. But that has obviously not been the case. Uh, So we'll we'll dig into that in a couple minutes. Uh, But then off the bench, Jared Dudley played 11 minutes, including uh, a majority of those at center. Uh, Damon Jones played seven minutes. uh, And then that was kind of it for the front court guys. I mean, I guess Wes Matthews technically played some some front court minutes. He, He played 23. But it was just this weird game because... Uh, you know, if you, if you go strictly by, you know, centers on the roster, Trez and, and Damon Jones only played 26 combined minutes, you know, 26 of the 48. And then the other 22 minutes went to a combination of Markeith Morris, LeBron James, Jared Dudley, uh, and, and, you know, those three guys all in that 6'7 to 6'9 range. Uh, playing a lot of center, and you know, of course, Trez is only six foot seven, but he's used to playing center. So 
it, it was a weird game. Uh, Phoenix, I mean, I, I keep saying that because it just was. Like, the Lakers were so shorthanded that, you know, looking at AD, uh, Mark, and Kuz, that right there is like 75 minutes that you're missing from your rotation that you had to fill. And, it, you know, it ended up just being more minutes for, like, Dennis played 38 minutes. KCP played 31. Like, it was a lot of guard-heavy minutes and, and not as much in the front court. Uh, and then looking at uh, Phoenix aside, DeAndre Ayton, who is a you know a, a pretty solid, pretty good center, uh, you know had 17 and five, but only played 25 minutes. So the Lakers did basically match the Ayton minutes, uh, you know, w- with Bigs. Now there was a few minutes there that Jared Dudley won uh, against him, and those minutes were, were a bit of a disaster. And, and you know the Lakers uh, brought in you know Damon Jones after that, but. I just think overall, uh, you know, Frank talked about it post game that he was trying to match Phoenix, uh, you, you know, w- w- with their minutes, and, and that recently they've been going to this smaller group, you know, not playing Frank Kaminsky, uh, playing a lot of Dario Saric at the five, and and e- even some Sarichless minutes with just five wings, and, and you know that that's been you know the Phoenix is fifteen and three over the last eighteen games. And a big reason for that has been the small ball units, the three-point shooting, playing five out, spacing the floor. And, you know, because of that, he decided to go away from Montrez Harrell, who he did not feel was a great defensive fit in that matchup. But then Vogel got pressed about it. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's just get into the trust stuff now because I, I think that's, you know, I like to talk about the story of the game. To me, this is probably the story of the game is that Montrezl Harrell only played 19 minutes, did not close this game. I believe didn't log a single minute, and I'm correct, didn't log a single minute in the fourth quarter. He played 12 minutes in the first half, checked out a little past the midway point of the third, and did not return into the game over the final, uh, I guess, what, 17 and a half minutes or so? So it's a little weird. You know, this guy is the reigning sixth man of the year. What uh, was one of the Lakers' prized offseason additions, and you know, you, you I, I think it's it's one thing when when they're you know it's full squad, everyone's playing, and, and Trez is maybe only getting you know 18, 20, 22 minutes, not closing games. Like you have AD at the five, you could go small with Keith. Um, you know, you you could go with Mark if you need a bigger guy. Like the Lakers have more optionality there, but. When AD and Mark are out, and even Kuz is out, where you know I, I think even having Kuz in there for, for Trez is like an, just another bigger guy, even though he's not technically a big guy. Um, like it, it just it was a little weird, and, and Frank was asked about it. The first three questions of Frank's post game availability were all about Trez and his role and his defensive fit and why he only played you know 19 minutes. And, and Frank kind of hedged it where, you know, he was saying he's fine with Trez against big lineups. He's fine with him against small lineups. He's confident in his defensive ability. It was just purely a matchup thing that the Lakers were trying to 
match small ball with small ball. And he did admit it didn't work. So Frank acknowledged that. And I know for fans who are upset, as I saw on Twitter, uh, you know, that, that's not necessarily going to just, um, you know, kind of ease that, that emotion, that anger. But he did acknowledge like, you know, that strategy did not work. Um, he didn't say he should have gone back to Trez, but I, I think he was kind of implying that a little bit. But I, I do think it brings up a really interesting conversation because, you know, Montrose Harrell is someone that I've covered for, for multiple years now. He, he's someone I w- was covering, you know, the past few years w- with the Clippers. And, um, you know, he does have defensive limitations. And I, I think the Lakers have the personnel as being the best defense in the league and, and having, you know, multiple quality wing defenders. And really, I think if you look at the rotation, they don't have a minus defender. Like, I guess the closest is probably THT with some of the off-ball stuff that he does. But on the ball, he's really good. And he's capable of playing passing lanes and getting blocks and stuff. So I don't think he's a complete minus. I think he's closer to probably average. And then depending on the night, sometimes above average, sometimes below average. But and he has one of the smaller roles on the team. So I think if you really look at the the heart of the rotation, LeBron, Dennis, KCP, Wes, Kuz, Mark, AD, um, like all those guys, you know, of course, Alex, all those guys are plus defenders. And I think, you know, the Lakers have the personnel to hide Trez better than the Clippers did. You know, the, the Clippers had, they, they were basically, you know, uh, marrying his minutes to, uh, Lou Williams, right? And, and so teams could target those two. And, um, you know, it happened a, a couple years ago in the playoffs where, you know, the, the Lou Trez pick and roll was very effective against the Warriors, but the Warriors were going right back at the Clippers and targeting Lou and Trez defensively in, in pick and rolls. So I think I've seen it where, you know, I've, I've seen even better versions of Trez, honestly, offensively. You know, I think he, he's had those moments this season, but just because of, his role and playing with LeBron and AD, he hasn't really been able to be that full version of Trez. Uh, but you know, he, he's had some of those moments. But I think even with the offensive exploits that uh, exploits rather that he's capable of, there are some defensive drawbacks. And so what I'm going with this is I get why Frank Vogel has not played him more and has reduced his minutes. Um, you know, I, I think there's an element of I just looked it up on, on NBA.com and, and Trez was playing about half of his minutes with AD versus, you know, half of his minutes without AD. So if you think about it, now all of his minutes are coming w- without AD. So Frank has increased those AD-less minutes because, of course, AD's out. Uh, but I think there is a limit to how much Frank is willing to play Trez without AD backing him up defensively and, and covering for some of his mistakes. And at, at this point, Frank clearly isn't comfortable playing Trez and Mark together. So in almost any, arrange, like I guess the closest you can get to replicating, uh, you know, AD is like a, a big lineup with LeBron and Keefe and, and Kuz and you just go super big and, um, you know, try to collectively make up for, for some of that length and uh, just, just kind of, you know, defensive acumen that AD provides. But the Lakers just don't really have a replacement of, you know, there's just no replacement for AD. So I think that has affected Trez's minutes for right or wrong. And, you know, I think the, the jury is still out on that. I don't know if it's the right decision or not. I'm just more so trying to explain, you know, observing what Frank is doing and the fact that Trez hasn't been closing games recently and that his minutes have been declining recently. That to me is a sign that 
Frank is is wary of playing him too much without AD, and he clearly does not trust his defense, right? Like, there's no other way about it. And he can he can hedge and he can say, oh well, he can play against big lineups. He can play against small lineups. I have no issue with his defense, but actions speak louder than words. And the fact that Trez's minutes have been going down, I, I think, with the exception of um, the Portland game where he played 30 minutes. You know, aside from that, he's basically been you know 23 minutes or fewer, and, and you know all this stretch without AD, that just shows that Frank does not fully trust his defense. And I get it. Like I, I don't think Trez has been um, like I, I guess if you are looking at the the, the you know the, the rotation, he probably is the worst defender in the rotation, or, or arguably um, you know in that mix. Like he is. I think the Lakers have tweaked some things and, and played more to his strengths defensively, where. You know, playing up more in the pick and roll, uh, you know, playing to the point of touch, uh, switching on to guys at times like he can do some of those things. But in drop coverage against a driving ball handler, uh, he is not that good. You know, rotating over, he can take some charges and he could block the occasional shot or or two. But most of the time that guy is going to score, you know, as a defensive rebounder. Like he only had two rebounds in in 19 minutes. Like he he's just not a good rebounder. He's a good offensive rebounder, and it's funny because his his two rebounds were on the offensive end. He had zero defensive rebounds in 19 minutes. So I think some of Trez's flaws are accentuated without Anthony Davis, and that to me is the reason why Frank Vogel has, has not been playing him more. Now again, I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. I do think that Trez is a flawed defender, and I do think there's an argument against playing him more but i also think there's a you know the counter argument is the lakers have been struggling offensively right like the the lakers have been um you know like if you look at where the biggest decline has been over the last few weeks over the last you know month and a half uh it, it's been the offensive end they, they're still the best defense in the league and, and though you know you could look at okay like the last two weeks or the last month and you know they, they, they declined a little bit defensively but overall they're still the best defense in the league and you know the, the the bigger drop off has been offensively, and that's an area that Montrez Harrell can help with. Uh, so I, I do think that you know while there is a offense defense trade off with Trez, and that's always been the case with Trez, and, and it's something that a coach has to navigate and, and balance. And it was something that Doc Rivers struggled with last year, and ultimately it partially cost Clippers in the playoffs. Like I, I had multiple conversations with with people um, in and around the organization that really pinpointed the the number one adjustment that Doc Rivers failed to make was benching Trez at the end of games. And, and it wasn't just an issue in the playoffs. It was even an issue in the regular season when he was playing like the sixth man of the year. Like I remember LeBron James targeting Trez in uh, that last Lakers Clippers matchup uh, right before the postponement. You know, LeBron was bringing Trez out in the, in the pick and roll and, and going at him and scoring on him. And, and you know, uh, it happened against Boston. It happened against... Uh, Steph a couple seasons earlier like it, it's been a thing where where teams will target him in the pick and roll and um, you know it, you know now most notably it was it was Nikola Jokic in the playoffs but I, I do think like there there is a legitimate argument that his defense is bad enough to not warrant closing games to not warrant more minutes but again I think the counterpoint is the offense has been so bad at times that having a guy who can attack the offensive glass, who can score from the dunker spot, who can be an effective roller, an effective post player, an effective face-up guy. Like there is value in that. So 
I, again, I, I think the jury's still out. I, I'm still kind of formulating my opinion and, and take on this. Uh, but this is an issue that the Clippers had. And now this is sort of becoming an issue that the Lakers have where Trez is a very matchup dependent player. And I think, you know, like, I think we knew that heading into the season. I, I think there, there was um, some, some tempered expectations, but, you know, he has been playing better recently. So it's just an interesting situation. And I think Frank Vogel is um, in a bit of a pickle and, and he's got to kind of figure out uh, you know, like I think this is a good segue into um, to wrapping up this episode. But right before I started recording, my colleague Shams uh, Sharania reported that LeBron is going to sit out his first game of the season today, Wednesday, against the Kings, which is the second night of a back-to-back and the Lakers' last game before the All-Star break. And that means, you know, LeBron's out first time and there's a chance that Kuz is out. There's a chance that Mark's out. We know AD is going to be out. So the Lakers are going to be incredibly shorthanded. You know, I, I think it's safe to say they're probably going to lose. But this is, you know, this will now be a game where Trez will be relied upon. And, and this was something that I saw in previous seasons uh, with the Clippers where, you know, whether it was Kawhi being out or even in previous seasons when they didn't have a star, you know, Trez stepping up, having 25, 30 points in kind of a a lifeless game and, and energizing the team. So I, I look at, you know, this Kings matchup now as we'll see what happens with Kuz. We'll see what happens with Mark. But this is now a lot on Trez and, and Dennis, right? Like those are the two guys you look at offensively. Um, you know, I, I think THT, you know, will have a bigger role offensively. But it, it's a lot of it's going to go through Dennis and Trez, right? Like the, those two guys, if the Lakers are going to have any chance at beating the Kings, I think both of those guys are going to have to go for 20 plus most likely right? Like they're probably going to have to combine for around 50 points. And, you know, now that that's a game where Trez's offensive value, I think is going to usurp his, whatever defensive concerns you have, because it, you know, it, it, your defense doesn't really matter if you, if you are going to barely get to like 90 points. So I think this whole situation is fascinating. Um, again, you know, I'm still kind of formulating my opinion on all this i'm writing about it for the athletics so this will be up uh wednesday morning for you guys to read a a more in-depth look at my thoughts i'm going to take one question there's a lot of trez questions in here so i think i answered basically all of them so is is trez injured no people asking about kcp and wes so i guess i'll close it with this the kcp stuff is beginning to be concerning um, and, and I know I had said that, I, I want to say it was almost two weeks ago. I mean, the thing is, as is clear from these questions, uh, you know, about Wes as well, like, I don't think the Lakers have a, a credible alternative. And, you know, before someone says Alex Caruso or, or THT, I just think the role overlap is, is so different where, you know, Wes and KCP are much more similar than either of those guys are to Alex or to THT, um, you know, I, I guess maybe the one guy that you could make the case for is Kuz, but we don't even know if, you know, when he's going to be back. Um, you know, this was kind of a random injury that that popped up. So I'm starting to come around more to the like reduction of KCP's role potentially. Um, you know, uh, uh, last time this question was asked, I was like, let's see what he's doing in a few weeks. And again, I don't remember exactly when that was, but it's been about a couple weeks. So I, I, it's still to me like 
let's see, like, you know, he'll have a week off for the All-Star break. Maybe that is a break that gives him uh, his legs back, his shot back. But it is a bit of a concern. And if he continues to play like this, you know, the Lakers will have to figure something out of, is it starting Kuz? Is it starting Alex? I don't see THT starting just because of his shooting. And, you know, like he had a couple threes tonight, so that's encouraging. But, uh, you know, at this point, he is not a credible shooter and and a guy that he's just a guy that defenses are going to play off of. And, uh, you know, heading into tonight, he was shooting 28% on uh, threes for the season on only 1.8 attempts a game. So he's a low volume three-point shooter and a way below average uh, three-point shooter. Wes is at 34%, which isn't good. Uh, KCP is still shooting 41%. Um, and this is all entering tonight. So some of these numbers are going to change. But entering tonight's game, he was at 41% uh, for the season, which is still really, really good. Uh, Alex is at 39%. So I guess maybe Alex or Kyle can get a look uh, if you want to make that case. I, I don't think it's Wes because I, I don't think Wes has been playing better than KCP. You know, I, I think they've both been uh, struggling over the last you know, few games or so, um, you know, Wes has been up and down. He, uh, he, I thought he played really well in that Miami game, uh, you know, a few games ago. So the Lakers are in a tough spot. The shooting has been a concern. Um, you know, they're last in the NBA. Uh, they were last in the NBA in three-point shooting in, in February uh, in terms of percentage. And that is something that has to turn around, that has to progress to the mean uh, for this team to really you know, get back into the offensive groove that they were at at the beginning of the season and, and for them to head into the playoffs with a credible offense because uh, we, we know teams are going to double AD and double LeBron and, and shade over and, and pay a lot of attention to those guys. And guys have to make open shots. And if KCP and Wes aren't making open shots, that is really going to lower this team's ceiling and, and you know, probably lead to, uh, again, other guys playing more and, and, you know, maybe they make those shots and it's not as much of a concern, but it does just shave down the Lakers margin, uh, you know, for errors. So it's something to watch. Uh, but I'll be back after the Sacramento game. I said tonight was a weird game. That one's going to be even weirder with no LeBron. I'm really interested to see what the Lakers look like. No LeBron, no AD, potentially no Marcus Gasol and, and no Kuz. Like, this is just the, the junkyard, you know, patched together Lakers team. Uh, but who knows? Those games are fun, and, and maybe they, they, you know, someone has a crazy night. Dennis goes for 35, and uh, we're talking about that. But thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as always, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N-B-U-H-A. Um, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, The Athletic, wherever you're listening right now. And if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you can do so on theathletic.com or off of one of my articles on Twitter. I just wrote about what it's like to cover a game in the pandemic, had a, a diary style log with, with uh, timestamps and my whole you know game night routine. So if you're interested in that, definitely subscribe and check that out on The Athletic. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Talk to you tomorrow.